the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to L.A. Talk Radio, your real talk station, your real 24 hours of commercial-free programming. This is Andy Cozell, and you listen to Sean Green on the Green Room. Wow! Step out of that shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh, and we do what the fuck we want to do. The Green Room is brought to you today by LegalZoom. And don't forget, you can tweet the show on air at Green Room Show. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LATalkRadio.com. Thank you for tuning into the show. We got an amazing show. And like Logan said, of course, it's brought to you by LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom, the leader in online self-help legal services. You log on to LegalZoom.com. You uh, order whatever you need. Trademarks, patents, copyrights, they got it all. And then you enter green in the checkout code. You get the extra Green Room discount. Of course, I'd like to welcome the voice of the green room, Logan Leistico, onto the program. Logan, thanks for coming out. Howdy. How you doing, Logan? Pretty good. How yeah. about yourself? I'm doing great. What's uh, what's new? What's new in the life of Logan Leistico? Uh, nothing much, I guess. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is I've been working on a film project. How's that going? put on hiatus. It's pretty. It's going well. We've done all the research, though, we can. And the executive producer kind of put it on hiatus so he doesn't have to pay his crew for <laughs> until we actually have to shoot at the end of the month. There's an event that we want to cover, so. All right, and what's what's that. it about? Give give people a little preview. All right, I'll give you guys a little. Uh, you know what? I better keep it under wraps actually, because it's like <laughs> it's a it's a biopic. I'll tell you, it's a biopic about a civil rights leader from the 40s. All right. It's a woman, and it's very she's very interesting, and no one's really heard of her. <laughs> okay, so you don't have to worry she about. She didn't any... like. She had a big problem with Jackie Robinson. <laughs> All right, now, well, who didn't? Let's be honest, huh? <laughs> Screwing up baseball like that. All right, well, I'd like to welcome on a special comedic guest hanging in the studio. We got uh, John Huck. John, thanks for being on, man. Of course, thanks for having me on, man. No problem, dude. And also, my buddy, uh, my buddy Steve from high school. He's hanging out in the studio, Steve. Feel hey, free to get on the on? mic. Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> he just does. He just like pumps his fist. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, you can't see that. John, he's he's not he's not in show business <laughs> like like you and I. He doesn't he doesn't know how to be on mic for shows. He's you know he's just I. he's just a guy that's naturally <laughs> funny. He's a guy that we used to hang out with and uh, mess around with people back in the day, back in high school. You know, one of those guys, right, John? Absolutely. You had a, you had a lot of fun times in high school messing I, around with people. I did, man. I had a, I had a lot of my friends still kind of live back home, but yeah, I, I, I had a lot of. Uh, <laughs> so now, when you when you go back school. home and you check in with people from back home, how's their reaction to John Huck out here in showbiz world? What are they up to, and what's their reaction to you being in show business? Um, my good friends, the friends that I see when I go home, they are they're happy for me, but in no way are they like. Whoa. You know what I mean? They're like, all right, they we're, don't get you're, we're still going to throw white castles at you. We're still going to drink 50 old styles and laugh at you when you wake up in your parents' yard with no pants on. Like, they're, they're well, maybe like, you should stop doing that. Maybe that's your... Uh, yeah, I, I've Waking tried. Waking up in that I've way, tried. I've tried, becoming dude. routine. Yeah, that's I've tried, good. man. Every time I go home, something insane happens. Something happens. Yeah. I know what you mean. When you go back, you you get into that natural thing of, hey, I'm I'm hanging out in my parents' place, but hey, hey, I got a couple bucks now. And, hey, they don't even ask me where I'm going when I take the car out. Right. Man, this is awesome. <laughs> and then you come back, you come back drunk, and your mom busts in the door and 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 asks where the car is and why you have a cut on your leg. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden you're trying to piece things together and and you're like, oh wait. <laughs> I'm not 17 anymore. This isn't as funny. I mean, it's still funny. Don't get me wrong. But I, it, it slowly <laughs> Just gets a tinge of sad. I think. It but it, I think it's, funny. it's funny if it only happens like once you know, a year. Yeah, like yeah. once a year. That is funny. <laughs> if it happens a couple times a week, it's like ooh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You move on. At least we we got stuff going on now. You know, we're out in California, make, making stuff happen. We're not yeah. we're not just hanging on to drinking. Go, I got a lot going on. Man. Well, you do. What do you do, John? You're uh, you work a lot of commercials. I just saw you in a uh, recent commercial. 
you're wearing a Rush T-shirt or, or no, sorry, what is it? Explain the premise of your most recent commercial. Uh, it's an it's for AT&T Uverse. I'm I, I work at a guitar st- shop store, whatever you want to call it, and uh, a guy comes in riding a mouse, like a computer mouse, because <laughs> it's supposed to be like you know you're shopping online, but it's like being there. I yeah, guess yeah. is the idea. Anyway, he he instead of buying a guitar, he wants a a onesie for his kid. So I hand him a rush onesie and he's like super <laughs> pumped for it. Nice. Well yeah. Yeah. So you're 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 selling out in the sense that you're doing a commercial, but you're still keeping <laughs> it real by supporting the band Rush. Are you a big Rush fan yourself? I actually am a huge Rush fan. I love Rush. Yeah. Do. yeah who does who man. doesn't love Rush? Women. They're... Women do not love Rush. <laughs> Women yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> they hate Rush. They hate him. I don't know why they wouldn't enjoy Tom Sawyer. There's I, there's a lot of good tunes. I saw a really good documentary about them. I, you know how you like you don't listen to Rush for a long time and you kind of you don't really forget about them, but you're like, yeah, Rush, I love that band. But then sure. I saw this documentary, yeah. and I was like, no, seriously, I love this band. <laughs> and uh, it, halfway through the documentary, Alex Lifeson, the guitar player, is getting interviewed, and he's like, well, when we started, our fan base was about 100% male. And if you look around <laughs> our shows today, you'll see that our fan base is 100% male. Like, right. they make no bones about it. We didn't well, get that... into music to get laid, so it was like, right. it never bothered them. Well, they're that's, that's kind of what you feel ugly. like. That's what you kind of feel like in stand-up comedy. Like, the majority of people at a stand-up comedy show are just other uh, guys that are drunk that are just, like, hanging out looking to, you know, looking to do something different instead of just sit at the bar. They go out, they listen to some comedy, hang out, have a couple laughs. Now, I know we uh, we both enjoy Rush, John, but we also both enjoy The Grateful Dead. Indeed. And la- uh, yesterday on uh, 420. Hey, all right. <laughs> The uh, Grateful Dead re-released the Grateful Dead movie with added bonus features of, uh, you know, added interviews, never-before-seen interviews of Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir. It was a great film. Totally enjoyed it. And like with most things involved in the Grateful Dead, part of it is enjoying the product itself, but then part of it is kind of enjoying the experience. Like there's something to be said of showing up at a theater in Burbank at 7:30 on a Wednesday night and just seeing what type of people are there just to see the Grateful Dead movie. So you go there, you hang out, you do the movie, and then you come out and it's exactly the same time that the Laker game is ending oh over at God. Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> so it's all these like diehard Laker fans going nuts, like yeah, Holmes, yeah. And then you see like a woman in a, a tie-dye dress, barefoot, like walking through the subterranean parking, like hitting the uh, like you could tell all the deadheads were the people hitting the uh, the alarm on their where car because clearly they had forgot <laughs> where they parked their car. When you hit the alarm on your car parking, that's that's really just a sign of you giving up. Like all right, I forgot. I can't I'll have. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to have any sort of short-term or long-term memory or even the ability to write something down. I'm just going to – I'm just – I got the emergency button. Let, I would love to see a ratio of people who hit the emergency button in an actual emergency versus people <laughs> – Just do it to find the car. <laughs> yes, and honestly, if you heard that going off, is the last thing you thought, oh, my God, there's emergency. No, it's probably like someone who had too many glasses of wine who can't find their car. And, the, and you're not even t- you're not even talking about – just locking it twice so that it honks once. No, no. Usually when people have cars with uh, power doors, windows, and locks, they have that button. Uh, you know, my car, since it got the power window <laughs> knocked out, <laughs> that's been constantly down. My my window's been broken for, uh, we're going on six months, and it is a weird kind of thing to just resign yourself to drive a car with no window. <laughs> And then you gotta, you got everyone who comes into the car. You gotta give, take them through the story of how the car window broke, why you're not gonna fix the car window. Well, the head cylinder is damaged and it's leaking oil, so I don't think it's a good investment to, to fix the power window. Oh yeah, my friend who said he knows a lot about cars. Yeah, he helped me work on it for a while. I ordered some parts online, and then I got really angry and smashed some stuff. So. <laughs> We're kind of leaving this as is for now. <laughs> and then there's all these leaves from trees. Uh, Even on the way here, like <laughs> I, we were just we were just talking, and a moth flew from like <laughs> under the seat and like flew out the window. Like I was in the passenger seat, and it flew out from under my legs. It flew out of Sean's open window, which never closes. And I was just like, that moth just came from the floor. And I was like. Yeah, where's it supposed to come from? I was like, outside? Yeah, I've just kind of resigned myself to live one with nature. Yeah, it's Wild Kingdom right now. Yeah. Oh, the worst was, I, I recently went I, uh, I went on vacation with my family. That is and, the worst. Well, that was, that was great. The vacation itself was great. I got no complaints. But I parked up 
on this uh, roof of this rooftop parking in Los Angeles near the airport because you can save $3 a day by parking on the roof. And, of course, you know, I don't have any window. And, of course, there was, like, a torrential downpour while I was gone. Uh. So there's nothing like coming home. You got luggage. You open up the door. Water falls everywhere. There's that uh. just mold that's engrossing you the entire drive home. And then and then the guy running the parking thing has the audacity to get sarcastic with you. Like, I, I had to give him the ticket and go, oh, yeah, I get the extra discount. I was on the roof. Oh, you know your window was down the entire time. Yeah, no, I know that. It's it's broken. I can't really fix it right now. <laughs> The guy working the parking thing is uh, smugly laughing at me the entire time. Just what? Just tell him that you'd rather drive a car with no windows than work at a parking garage. Right. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm pursuing my dream, okay? And maybe I can't fix my power window, all right? But, but that's I no need to mock me, man. If I'm going to sell out, I'm going to sell out higher than parking lot attendant. <laughs> well, anyway, the, the Grateful Dead movie was uh, – well, obviously, if you love The Grateful Dead, it, it was awesome, and I, I enjoyed it. But it was also great just to see the kind of directing that you could get away with in the 1970s. And it was just funny to see the how attention spans have changed. Like in the concert film, they would just – for like two minutes, they would just zoom in on someone's eye <laughs> in the stands and then just let that go for an entire guitar solo <laughs> and then just zoom around and then just throw in – and it was like the time when right around when technology, they could do animation. So just the fact that they could move stuff around was crazy. So they were, they were just throwing animation wherever, sound effects. just. And <laughs> if you're making a, a product for people that are probably going to be on acid, the bar for continuity is set so low that it, it really it's really enjoyable, if, especially if you go uh, pretty sober. But it, this is uh, – I, I had to pull a couple sound effects just – from the movie itself, like this is the kind of stuff they play during the animation sequences. There's <laughs> <laughs> just like two and a half and hours of that. <laughs> yeah. wow. Oh, and there was. I've I've never been to a movie, save Rudy, maybe, that had that many applause breaks during the film. Like, anytime they mentioned the Grateful Dead, anytime the Grateful Dead finished a song, just rousing applause break the entire movie. (laughs) It was amazing. But, uh, you know, music today. Was there any parking lot scene? <laughs> I there, I try I, I was driving around looking for the scene and uh, there was no scene. Hey, we're shakedown, man. We're <laughs> shakedown. I do remember when we went to see a jam band in high school. We went and saw the uh, the jam band Mo in uh, in high school, and we had set up. There was no official kind of parking lot scene, and it was the same thing. Like it was a stacked parking garage. And we were just like, all right, yeah, we got a hibachi grill. Why not just start cooking? We started cooking the hibachi grill, and then quickly uh, something happened to the hibachi grill. There was some oil spilled on it. The fire got out of control. So someone kicked over the entire hibachi grill and poured Gatorade on it, and it was just this grape smoke just engulfed the entire <laughs> we, we, we probably ruined the concert for most of the people. But, uh, you know, music today. That's what I'm getting at, guys. Music today. <laughs> Have you heard uh, Have you heard of the band Lady? Nope. It's a uh, It's an R&B. Well, I don't know R&B rap group. Our buddy uh, Nick Rutherford, in the stand-up group Good Neighbor, he posted this on his Facebook, and I th- I thought it was worth a listen. And I'll be honest, I'm I'm gonna throw out a language warning here. Anyone who uh, who's afraid of some vulgarities, you might want to tune out for just a couple seconds as we hear this this latest chart ch- <laughs> latest chart topper from Lady. Pussy that's yanking is good, right? It seems like that. She's throwing up stacks of change while she's... Yeah, it's a terrible video. I've actually seen it. (laughs) She's throwing dollar bills everywhere, so it seems like she's bragging. (laughs) I'm just picturing these nasty pussy lips being yanked. (laughs) No, no, no. The the pussy yanks. I think it grabs it and then, you know... Yeah, maybe it's like stronger. There's a suction in there, you know? That's That's the only thing I can think of. Oh, it's not like she's... I can't imagine she's like, yeah, it's real loose down there. And she's like... Thinking about it, like, I got a huge pussy. It's really, really big. (laughs) 
Here's the thing. It, when I heard this, I was just like, oh, my God. How far feminism has come in this country? Like, yeah, imagine, fallen, fallen. imagine, yeah. Well, or or come because look at back in the day, women weren't even allowed to vote. Next thing you know, they're voting, and it leads to songs like "Lady," where they're bragging about how awesome their genitalia are. We have come full circle in the feminism movement. Before they were ashamed. Hey, we can't talk about sex. We're just women. Oh, we're not empowered sexually. Now they're bragging about how awesome their vagina is. How yanking it is. Yeah, I, you're saying because they can vote this late. Wait, is her name Lady? Is she going? Or is the, this is a group? I think president? the group is named Lady. But isn't she the only one who sings or does anything? You know, it just said Lady, so maybe it's just her. There were other people hanging around. I assume they were part of the group. Maybe I was wrong. I just it could think be it's a funny solo that she's like, yeah, I, I'm gonna have my stage name will be Lady and my <laughs> pussy be yanking. You know what's really scary is my parents saw the uh, Black Eyed Peas perform at the Super Bowl, and they haven't heard of these people. They don't know anything about her. <laughs> and my mom is just wants to be Fergie, she tells me. She's like, oh, I, I want to be performing up there like Fergie. And I was just like, oh, wait. mom, she's like the dirtiest slut <laughs> in Hollywood. Now, wait, describe your mom, Logan. Uh, She's just a nice 62-year-old. Okay. Think, uh, now wait, does she? Know, but I think she's 62. Yeah, she's just a religious Texas lady. Now, why know, do you think she teacher. wants to be like Fergie? What about seeing she Fergie? only saw Fergie at the Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah, she just saw her sing and like dance and have like hundreds of people dance around her. <laughs> <laughs> she liked that. So I... she thought, yeah, she thought that was like, um, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of. I don't even know what kind of music she likes. She likes Enya and stuff. <laughs> so it's like it's just yeah. totally bizarre. It's, to it hear her make idolize, sense. yeah, someone like that. No, they, but it yeah. just shows you how American culture, like how deep it's really going. That even even <laughs> even ladies like the your sluttiness. mom are yeah. <laughs> even the even ladies like your mom are just dying to be Fergie. Yep. All right. Well, Steve, uh, Steve, you're in town. You you've been on the show before. Now I think well last time you talked or you were on the show we were hanging out the. Uh, the Bethlehem uh, Brew Pub, or Sam no, Adam, I'm sorry. Sam Adams Brew Pub. Sam Adams Brew Pub, that's correct. We did a live show there. Now, uh, a couple times before that, we had set up. This was uh, recently. Bullying became a, a huge topic of debate in America, and so I thought it would be good to come on because you're an admitted bully. Is that correct, Steve? <clears throat> yes, I'm a bully. <laughs> and you also I'm not recovered. I'm still, I'm still okay. I'm still in fact bullying. You're still you're still a bully. You yes. also work as a teacher. <laughs> yeah. And so I I brought on I brought on a bullying expert to try to talk to you to try to get you to change your ways. He, uh, here's a clip of that in case you guys missed it. Their self confidence has not been established, and it's at a time in their lives when they're very um you know you care what your friends think and you're figuring out who you are. So that's what that's how I would handle it. All right, well, Katie. Do you ever think that maybe the bully could help them build more self-confidence? Like, say, if they were, like, Velcro <laughs> shoes, they're in, like, sixth grade, and a bully picks on that, then they might say to themselves, well, maybe I should learn how to tie my sneakers, and then I don't have to wear Velcro anymore. Yeah, Congrats. I mean, I, I, I think that's a good point. I think, you know, when I look back on my life, <laughs> that was the bullying expert. She had yeah. obviously been Total bullied. I was going to say, way, yeah, how, what makes her a, an expert? She's been bullied her whole life, or pushed around. Uh, you know what, John? I didn't, I didn't really look into that much of her bullying <laughs> yeah, credentials. Yeah. I just, I just posted, I, I just posted on Craigslist. Anyone want to talk about bullying? And then they called into the show, and I, I dubbed them a bullying expert. <laughs> I don't know. She, she seemed to have some code words she had down. Some sort of. Uh, didn't, I thought she wrote a book or an article or something. I don't a know. Book I, or an article, a pamphlet. I kind of like, yeah, exactly. Smaller and a smaller. A book or like, an article, yeah. An article could be anything. Blog, sense. maybe just a Facebook status. It was unclear. <laughs> it was unclear <laughs> what her actual credentials were. Um, either way, I was just I was just down to go with it. I was like, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, sure. Try to talk to my buddy, and. Uh, you know, then she like followed up with an email, really wanted to email Steve and get into deeper, and she was really, really? worried that he was in a position uh -oh. of power. Ooh, and I, I sense as a, a teacher. Connection. Yes, well, because Steve works as a teacher, so I think she was kind of worried, uh, you know, that he was what, propagating bullying. What do you, what do you teach? Phys ed teacher. <laughs> Gym class. He's a well, gym that's teacher. exactly what you should be doing. Right, right exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're an admitted bully, what better, I mean... Yeah. Right. That's what you picture every bully. All gym teachers were dicks. Yeah. <laughs> if someone told me... Yeah, gym's fun anyway. Yeah, I, I exactly. I mean... If you have any, But if you don't have any athletic 
any athletic ability, gym is not fun. Like I, I was, I could play baseball. I could run. You know, there are some kids who can't even run without falling down. Yeah, so I for them, gym right. is like ah, terrifying. I think everyone gym feels like at some point they got picked on for not being as athletic as everyone else. Because I know. Yeah, I did, but I mean, but I, I always got picked wasn't... on by like my friends, and then it yeah. was like, eh, 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 screw you too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it was never like. I, actually, there were. I guess there were. I don't know. There were kids that intimidated me, but not necessarily they were like eh, 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 picked yeah. on me. But yeah. I almost appreciated the way coaches or like coaches would handle it by just kind of being like, leave him alone and not do anything. But a teacher would be like, okay, you leave him alone or you sit outside of the classroom for the whole class or like, you know. Yeah. Teachers but almost brought just, too much attention to it and yeah. made you feel like and somehow you're getting them in trouble so you would get in more trouble. Exactly. Whereas in the athletic sense, it would just be like, all right, knock it off. I'll turn the hose on you kids. You know, a big was, deal out of it, you cause more conflict. Yeah. I, I always thought the gym teachers were mad because they were gym teachers, though. You were a bully before that. You were a bully before that. You didn't like... You've yeah, been bullied your whole life. Yeah, I was, I was a, I was bullied as a kid, which then turned me on to bullying. <laughs> it turned you on to it. It's like, turned you on. It's like I smoked a joint when I was twelve. <laughs> Gateway bullying. Bullying, bullying led to peer pressure. What were you, I mean, what Steve, were you bullied? I'm sorry. We, oh no, no, ahead. sure. Steve, tell the story about uh, your birthday, <laughs> your birthday with our our buddy Tom. That ah. that was one of your first bullying incidents that really got you into bullying. Yeah, the kid from my neighborhood. He was a friend of mine, and I think it might have been like my eighth, ninth, or tenth birthday. He like he shoved my face into my own cake. He like put my toys in the cake that I just opened up. Oh, I mean, like man. a Ninja Turtle, he put it in the cake. I mean, so he was bullying you. Yeah. That's bad. That is, that is bad. I it's just rude. I just remember Steve in high school in our language arts class wrote a poem about it, and it ended with, "Well, that's nice, Tom, but I like the turtle before it was in the cake." <laughs> that's how it ended. Now, Steve, I know you were telling me earlier that. You know, as an admitted bully, and you, you think your bullying days would be behind you because you're an adult in the workforce, but you're telling you, you told me that you still have some bullying stuff going on in the workplace. Explain. Well, oh, you know, you I, I don't think teacher. I do it on yeah. purpose yeah, that he just comes good. out. I mean, just the weak person just comes <laughs> out, and I, I I just pick on them. I don't know. But yes, the uh, the librarian at the school and I, we don't really see eye to eye. We kind of bust. It's <laughs> a sitcom. My God, it's like a 1980s sitcom, she, dude. She gets <laughs> she gets really upset with me at times. And what are you doing in the library? Can I, mean, can I just paint a picture? Real quick? In the lunchroom, and we all. Oh, y'all. Okay, together. yeah. I hadn't noticed before that Steve has a rat tail, <laughs> so I I just think that paints like. A little bit more of a picture, but go That's, ahead. <laughs> good, good call, Logan. He's got a rat tail, and he's got some dyed hair it's in the dyed. back. Yeah, what, what And you teach Did in you... Philly? Yeah, suburb outside of Philly. Okay. All right, right, so Steve, you haven't gotten along with the librarian. Yeah. What exactly uh, is I, your point of contention with the librarian? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think she more had a problem with me, and it's anything I say irritates her. But, uh, I mean, recently I've been pushing her buttons a little more <laughs> here and there. And uh, I'd say last week she... She got really upset with me during lunch, and she pretty much just stood up and was like, "Fine, I'll leave. You know, I won't eat lunch with you guys anymore." Stormed out, ate lunch in her in her room by herself for the next week. Anytime we'd pass each other in the hall, she wouldn't speak to me at all. No, <laughs> what'd you do that made her I, say that? I, it was an argument over like uh, that song Friday with Rebecca Black. Oh my God! I, Are you shitting there was, me? There was an event in school where. A teacher was going to get pied, and she really didn't want it to happen to her. So I went to the person who's in charge, and I said that we'd all like to get pied. That way she had to get pied, and she was really furious about that. I just little things that I do oh, she doesn't she's like. She's just no fun. She's, it, it, that's not No, but yeah. Steve, I be honest. I said, be honest I said with loosen Steve. up, live a little, have some fun. And she's like, oh, you think I'm no fun? And it's real fun. <laughs> Fine, I'll leave. <laughs> and I just said, listen, the kids like gym. They don't like library. I said, <laughs> she doesn't like that. <laughs> did you word it that way? <laughs> they don't <laughs> like library. Now, now, Steve, what did you say to her? I feel like you called her out professionally. You were telling me earlier. That that probably dug the deepest. What was your comments about her as a librarian? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said she wasn't a professional librarian because they all work down the Bethlehem Public Library, not a school. <laughs> she, that really rattled her. Wow. That hit home. How dare you? I that am a professional. So I said the Dewey Decimal System is obsolete too. <laughs> I said I said when I want to get a book, I just go to the librarian at the public library. And I said this is what I want. And then she just looks it up and goes and finds it with the numbers. I said why are we teaching kids the Dewey Decimal System? It doesn't need to be taught. Are they really still teaching that? Nice. Though? No, that's great that you I, said yeah. that. So I, I thought the Dewey Decimal System really, was obsolete. She got really really upset over that one. 
Wow. She got really she got really fired up. Yeah. I like the card catalogs. She yeah. sounds like a real career she's, librarian. Like she's, she's really into, into her thing and she's really uptight and she really doesn't like to let loose. Now. But I feel like these are like you're, you're like both um, super stereotypes. Yeah, you're right. you know, this yeah, is she's almost. A, she's the librarian that like is like a curmudgeon and she doesn't have, have any fun. You're the gym teacher that's like still in high school. You're like, hey, right. fuck everybody, All right. <laughs> whipping people with dodgeballs in the hallway, like taking pies to the face. I picked Steve up from the airport today <laughs> and I'm like, how was the flight? Great. But uh, I'm worried my head smells really bad. Why are you worried about that? Well, because two days ago, we had this event where the, these students got got to pie all these teachers. And yeah, of course I'm down to get pied. I'm not uptight. So I got pied twice in the face. And I could only wash my hair out with water during the day, and I'm worried the pie might have stained my hair with some really nasty odors, and now it's in my hat. <laughs> it smelled like baby vomit. Oh, what uh, kind of pie was it? Yeah. Well, it was the whipped cream. It, it, oh. it went sour. Oh. Oh, like no. just just hanging in your it's hanging like in your hours head the entire time. You can wash like, with soap. All right, hey, here's some rotten milk. We're gonna put this on your head. Wear this around uh, for a little while. Well, I was standing out there waiting to get picked up. The 70 degree sun's beating oh. on my head at the airport. So now, by the way, you did can the, smell your sweat. Like, this yeah. isn't, this so isn't did the good. librarian end up getting pied? She did, but she wore like a shower cap and she wore a trash bag over her clothes. Well, that, that, is, that is no fun. fun. She that is no fun. That's her bullying herself. That almost is her her bullying herself. Like, well, Steve, in hindsight, maybe. The shower cap wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> I Maybe guess. she would have. I bet her head doesn't smell. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just in just in case you had any doubt about Steve's ability to bully, I was uh, going over the audio. I'm I'm putting out a uh, stand-up <laughs> CD and I recorded a set I did in Philly. Steve was in the audience, as were a lot of my uh, other drunk friends. But this is <laughs> this is someone in the crowd yelling out to me, and then Steve immediately uh, bullying them. Hopefully, you guys can uh, able to pick this up. <clears throat> She was just here in the background. Shut up, Alex. <laughs> Steve is all the way in the back, and you just heard someone yell out. This girl that was drunk and just yelling, and he decided he he, he wasn't gonna pot up with that. And I, and I appreciate that, Steve. I wish I had a you guy should, like Steve at I was every gig. You should pay him to come to all your shows and just say, shut <laughs> up, great. shut up. Would that make uh, laugh harder? <laughs> Yeah, I forget that, you know, it, it is it is nice to have bullies around. Like, yeah, obviously there's some downside to bullying, people killing themselves and this and that. But the, the upside, <laughs> this and that. You, know, this and that, you know, this and that, people being tortured their entire lives. You know, we, we used to call Steve Columbine because it, <laughs> the idea was that if someone was going to go to Columbine, there was there was no doubt who was on the first of the list. Right. Like that scene in Billy Madison where the yeah, guy where Steve up. Buscemi's putting on the lipstick, like everyone just imagined Steve's name would be I, first I was number on that one list. on the Tim Williams hit list. Right. Well, no one knows who Tim Williams is, but the the idea is that everyone had someone in their in their school that got picked on a lot and was like, oh, that's the guy that's gonna freak out and lose it. And the guy that was gonna freak out and lose it, uh, you know, the victim of it would have been Steve. But now he just intimidated people to the point that they didn't even do that. But it would it would be great. It was great, you know, Ocean City, Maryland, or when you're on the boardwalk walking around. You get a guy like Steve, a bully behind you. You're 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 you know you have more fun to be honest. You're more willing to say stuff you wouldn't normally say. You cut loose. And you don't seem like a hothead. Like you don't seem angry or like you would get in a lot of fights. You just seem like you fa- say funny like, shit. I just like to push people's buttons and see yeah, their reaction. I don't get mad. They get mad. Steve's one of those guys where it's it's hilarious when he's doing it to other people, but when he's doing it to you, it will drive you crazy. Right. <laughs> like the one time we went out to lunch, and then Steve uh, like farted up his Jeep and locked my locked me in his Jeep somehow, and I'm like ready to punch through the Jeep windows, and I like finally busted out of the Jeep and like was it. I was like, I was dry heaving in high school. <laughs> and yeah, at that moment, I was like, Steve's not a good friend. But in hindsight, looking back on it, I it's was like, funny. this man is a comedic genius ahead of his time. Why, why did I ever doubt this man? No, I think he was right on time with don't, that one. Don't, <laughs> yeah. wear, don't wear snap pants in the, in, in the halls in high school. <laughs> right. Sean learned that lesson real yeah, quick. Yeah, I, I thought it I thought it'd be cool. You know, I wasn't necessarily super athletic, so I thought, oh, maybe wear up some warm warm up snap pants. That'll be cool and impress people. Not not knowing I was just basically walking into a bear trap, walking down the hall, and Steve just of course ripped them off. I'm there, re- shamefully re-snapping my pants together, holding my books. But that was high school, man. It made me stronger. It built character. Did you ever uh, were you ever a bully? 
No, man, I wasn't a bully. I mean, I was. I. I mean, there were people that we made. I made fun of. Right. I think they. Like I said, I think anytime there was serious mocking or like bullying, it came within like who me and my friends bullying each other. You know? Yeah. Not, I guess not that's a, like that's a, a fine line. When does it go from just messing around with people having a good time to bullying and totally destroying someone's he's life? He's right. like an Easter egg. There's no way he's bullied anybody. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking almost Easter. <laughs> It's trying to get this Holy Thursday, Steve. Not today. Oh, yeah, it's Holy Thursday. It's the no bullying day. This is the day, day Christ died. He he will rise in a few days. There's no need to make jokes about John's past. Someone asked me. So, someone asked me what I was doing Sunday, and I like put out a list of the shit I had to do, and then at the end I go, oh, oh, and mocking Jesus. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I think uh, if if you're bullying someone who's not in your group of friends, who don't, who like, if you're bullying someone and they'll talk to you the next day, you guys are friends. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not a big like. Like, you lock him in the car, you fart on him. He's like, fuck you, you piece of shit. And the next day, he's like, all right, what are you doing tonight? Like, that's that's different than a kid who's like, God, I really wish they wouldn't talk to me anymore. Like, please or leave me alone. Someone he never I hate life. you. Yep. Well, Steve Steve, uh, Steve did a little of both back in high school. This guy, he's had his, uh, he's, he's not only bullied other people on the football field, he's also bullied animals outside of the football field. Michael Vick, recently oh. interviewed, and, uh, well, I think the I think the audio uh, speaks for itself. This is a Wall Street Journal, courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. This is Michael Vick. You know, they're talking about the fact that finally in, endorsements are starting to come Michael Vick's way. He's kind of got his life back together, and uh, you know, they get a little deeper here. I'm great. I'm happy that I turned out to be the person I am, and I wouldn't change anything about my life. Like, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't change anything about your life. I <laughs> you, the guy's like, oh, I'm man. I'm giving you a shot to get out of this right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, Are it's you another... sure you wouldn't change anything? <laughs> you, this is Michael Vick? You realize just what you said. Yes, this is Michael Vick. You realize you wouldn't change anything. Change one thing. You, if, if right now. <laughs> I was giving the third shot. If God from, said. From 18 months to maybe five or six months because I did decide to go to prison. For oh, so he would just change the time he did in prison, not what he did to get there. <laughs> I would change the fact that I got caught. I love that, that was pretty. I I love the hilarity in that. Okay, I would go from 18 to five or six months. Like basically, you're just admitting you're such a dumb human being. Like, okay, I realized I had to go to jail for what I did, and I realized I was such an idiot. I couldn't learn that in one month or two months, three months, four months, five or six months. Maybe my reptilian brain would have been able to figure out that the activities I were involved in were not good for society. It took him that long. I did, but I wouldn't change it. <laughs> you changed it to five months. Uh, <laughs> the guy's just like, you change it to five months? Okay. <laughs> if, if God said right now, because you talk about your faith, uh, Michael, I'm going to bless you. <laughs> with- this is how I love these. Not this only guy are- just sounds like he's messing with them now. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's on a roll. He's going he's gonna to kind of, you know, Vic threw him. I was going to say, this guy's probably a little thrown off, like, I was waiting for you to say, um, this is what I would have done <laughs> yeah, differently. Exactly. He didn't really have this set up in his thing. And he was only responding to Vic going, I wouldn't change anything about my life. So now the guy's like, no pun intended, oh my god, Michael Vic threw me this bone. I gotta I gotta roll with it. With not having the dog fighting scandal. Uh, with 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 not even having that happen, that, that you did it, but I'm not going to have this blow up. Would you take that? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I only say that because having, and as crazy as this may sound, um, you know, going to prison really changed my life. All right. I, I guess I guess I'll give I'll give Michael Vick credit in the sense that he's he's trying to say the right thing in that hey I was on a bad track and prison humbled me right yeah and made me go the right way but why not why not just go you know what I got into I got into some bad things with that dog fighting and I wish I wouldn't have <laughs> yes. and it was a mistake on my part and I'm very sorry and I did I paid my debt to society and I wish I didn't have to go to prison and I wish none of that happened. But because it all happened, now I am who I am today, and I have these opportunities, and that makes me a better person. Applause break. Uh, should I write speeches for this guy? I don't. You don't. Yeah, you wouldn't think that shit's player. necessary. Well, well you, I, mean, I don't care. Doesn't he have a PR guy? Like, isn't there somebody going, <laughs> right. dude? What? Yeah, and he's and he's off on the sideline, just making the yeah. cuts. No cut, cut. <laughs> Get out of this. 
If if I was Michael Vick's agent or manager, just don't answer questions about dogs. Don't bring up dogs. Don't say prison was awesome. Just go, <laughs> I'm trying to move on. He's implying that prison was great. Yeah, I need more prison. Send me more prison. The only thing I – I wish I would have been there longer. And that's the only thing I regret, not getting thrown in prison for other stuff. This is Ron Mexico we're talking about. Do you know the story about Ron Mexico? All right. No. Well, without Is that being, who's interviewing him? Or, no, or without being somebody else who's um, Ron Mexico. All right. So if you're not familiar with the story, it was I think it was settled in civil suit without getting uh, slanderous of of Michael Vick's good name. Basically, he was involved in in some uh, sexual incident with a woman. Uh, it sounded like he might have passed on some diseases to her, oh. and then he left saying his name was Ron Mexico. <laughs> And then eventually, you know, she realized it was Michael Vick. This was a long time ago. This was like back in his college days. But I, I feel like that you could have thrown that in there as things you regretted doing. Maybe regretted getting that disease in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like start there. <laughs> I feel like there's a laundry list of things Michael Vick has done wrong, and he he, he he's paid for them. Whether it's you know dealing with that woman, uh, the dog fighting, going to jail, this and that. Why not just say? The only thing I regret is growing up in the environment that I did without positive role models. Hey, I wish there was someone there to guide me. Paint yourself as a sympathetic figure. I wish someone would have told me that uh, life isn't just about football and that, you know, these real decisions I'm doing have consequences. I hope he listens to your show. He'd be getting a lot of good ideas for his next interview. But really, Michael Vick, come on. Yes. Please. It's like it's like the guy doesn't have any sense. That, that that's what I'm that's what I'm starting to realize that Michael Vick doesn't have common sense, John. Yeah, and those are the people that are gonna succeed and well, take you know, over he's and... he's, a, he's a role model. Yeah, <laughs> he's a hero. I, lo- I I I still love that angle that people are trying to trying to present. Oh, Kobe Bryant. He he said a uh, fag on the basketball court. He's such a role model. Kids are gonna. Oh my God. It's gonna it's gonna lead to all these hate crimes. No, people who commit hate crimes are sociopaths. Well, his he didn't didn't nothing he did led to rape like a mass <laughs> right. raping or anything. Like how is it gonna lead yeah. to a hate crime? Right, <laughs> exactly. Who is following Kobe Bryant? Like oh yeah, everything Kobe does, I want to do just the same way. Hey, wait, let's, mom, can you take me to Denver? Why? <laughs> I, uh, I want are easy to fuck there. I want to force myself on a massage therapist. You don't even need a massage therapist. Yeah, well, that's what they told Kobe Bryant. <laughs> he proved them wrong, mom. Yeah, sorry if I think outside the lines like my idol, Kobe Bryant. I mean, I grew up idolizing uh, professional athletes, and it was never, it was never, I don't know, I never even knew they had personal lives. Like, when we grew up, did you know anything about... These guys personalized. Like, the only thing I knew about people's personal lives was, oh, Reggie White also likes God. They called him the Minister of Defense. All right, that's the end. All right, enough crowbarring and uh, TMZ. You didn't know anything about it. Michael yeah. Jordan was a complete asshole the entire time he was with the Chicago Bulls. He doesn't tip people. He elbows teammates and punches them in the face in practice. <laughs> the guy's a colossal asshole. But no one knew that when he was going there because he was addicted to gambling. He had a drinking problem, loved cigars. But everyone was just like, I want to be like Mike. And it wasn't like, oh, hey, I want to gamble hundreds of thousands right. of dollars on golf. I want to cheat on my wife constantly. <laughs> I want to not tip waiters. No, it was I want to dunk the ball into the hoop. <laughs> it's that simple. Agreed. <laughs> Sorry. I, just, I, get, I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, to scare everyone there, you know. Oh, uh, we didn't get scared. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I, I didn't – yeah, I guess I guess I didn't really scare anyone. <laughs> Dude, I didn't mean to bully you guys or intimidate you. <laughs> Stop bullying us with your opinion. Well, Logan, we know one uh, one thing we have been keeping up in the entertainment world, and that is, of course, the reality show on the History Channel called Top Shot. Top Shot, of course, is a all-out marksmanship challenge. It's a reality show as well. They have 16 contestants, me and my buddies Ryan and Cornell. We each uh, picked five of the shooters so we have like a fantasy league set up for this History Channel reality show. They keep whittling away the the players. Things are getting intense. They're down to the final four guys, and uh, couldn't help but enjoy a little uh, top shot clip of the week. This is a uh, George, <laughs> the U.S. Air Force sniper, who uh, he's uh, he's getting a little. Uh, uh, oh, let me make sure. This is I'm pretty sure this is a guy who likes shooting guns. Either way. If you put a Glock in my hand and this thing breaks and I break my face open, I'm going to beat your ass. 
Alright, good. This is great when the shoot. This is in the warm up round, and uh, the shooting instructor is the real star here. Okay, so if a little red mark in the middle would be like the bullseye part. Okay. <laughs> Let's get closer to that. <laughs> Pay more attention to what's in your hand. I, lo- I just what love this. Sar- what a douchebag. I love the, the, the sarcastic, condescending uh, <laughs> shooting instructor. All right, one more top shot clip of the week. I guess it should be one, but this is a. You know, there's a tie getting, this week, was it? Yeah, there's a tie. We, we went to the elimination range. We could, we only had two top shot clips that we uh, we both had to pull. This one's uh, this one's a real gem. George, you made it to the final four, buddy. Congratulations. You are safe, my friend. Face man, you suck. You suck. I'm the best. Sucks to be all you guys. Have fun choosing. <laughs> Uh, just it, it brings <laughs> it brings a new element to the reality show when you when you throw in some juiced up meatheads a lot with uh, military backgrounds and have them battle it out in a all. <laughs> John Hug just has no idea what's going on. All the green machines out there watch this show, John. That's it's so a it's, it's a reality <laughs> show about a Marxist capitalist. No, I know what it, I, yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> all right. I know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> well, we also have uh, we got Stud Manley on the line. Stud, you there? Happy Easter, Sean. <laughs> Happy Easter, Stud. Stud Manley, of course, at Stud Manley. You can follow him on the old Twitter. He is the in-house movie reviewer for The Green Room. Now, you said Happy Easter, Stud, and I, I appreciate that. And I was thinking of uh, taking Logan out and uh, maybe maybe uh, some small kids that we mentor and maybe checking out the uh, this animated film I've been hearing so much about, Hop. Have you uh, got a chance to see that? Well, of course, Sean, I'm not going to see this uh, film, Hop. Uh, This is a cartoon, and I I don't think maybe you wouldn't see this either, you or Logan. This is, as you know, a cartoon Easter movie. It's for kids primarily. And what I was going to do, uh, Sean, I was going to talk about what a good idea it is to have a children's movie, a cartoon movie for little children to go see about the Easter Bunny, you know, defecating candy, you know, all that. That's very cute and everything. But... You know, and I was going to talk about how they're really missing the true point of Easter, which is, you know, Jesus being uh, crucified. Right. Lord and Savior. Well, actually, it's him rising from the dead, but go ahead. I'm t- you know, well, <laughs> when I, as I was doing the research for this, Sean, you know, I wanted to do a split screen, you know, about, uh, you know, the Easter Bunny, you know, nice uh, comedy, you know, for children, and then, you know, have a split screen with Jesus, you know, being crucified. But then... <laughs> As I was doing the research for this, Sean, and I was very disturbed about some very slanderous <laughs> propaganda. Oh, really? Yes, some anti-Semites have been spreading that uh, during the crucifixion that um, there were some Jews that were shoving twigs up Jesus's peepee hole. <laughs> oh, no. So you're saying he was, not only was he being hung on the cross, he's being catheterized. Oh, man. Oh, that that doesn't sound... Pumpkin. That sounds like an awful stigmata. Now, what if, uh, <laughs> what if uh, me and the lady, maybe we uh, check out some adult fare? Have you, have you heard anything about this Born to Be Wild? Well, Born to Be Wild. Okay, now it's not supposed to be adult fare. Okay, it's supposed <laughs> to be a documentary for like family. Oh, well, okay. You hit, you hit the nail right on the head, Sean, with this one because okay, this is a documentary. Okay, about. Orangutans, okay, <laughs> and we all know what orangutans do. How they spend forty percent of their awake uh, times probably masturbating. We've all been to the zoo. We've all seen it. And what is really crazy about this is the filmmakers decided to make this movie in three D. Now, how would you like to be sitting with your grandmother or a young boy sitting with their grandmother, and that orangutan on this movie, you know, he ejaculates in three D. Well, yeah, you I guess. Yeah, that would be that'd be hard to finish my milk duds after you see a scene like that. It would be traumatizing for for a young boy. How could he ever look at his grandmother again? Yeah, that's gonna be tough. Although I know uh, young boys, maybe maybe a better movie if you got a young kid. Maybe maybe Thor. Maybe take him to a little sci-fi film. What what's uh, what what's the good word on Thor? Well, there's really not a lot of good uh, word on Thor. They, they've they got all these you know these Shakespearean uh, you know directors and Shakespearean actors involved in this movie, you know, and it's a comic book movie, and I like comic books, and I did as a child, but I never was a fan of Thor. I never did appreciate the mixed messages that, uh, what was the name, Stan Lee, that he was, when he was, you know, I I don't appreciate the mixed messages that he's been sending out uh, with uh, Thor comics. 
Now, what are, what are exactly are those mixed messages? Well, on, on one hand, Sean, and you know that in your your audience, they're very sophisticated. That's why I call this show. <laughs> is, is they all realize the blatant homosexualism, uh, homophobism, I'm sorry, homophobism, <laughs> that, uh, you know, Thor, you know, he's coming from a planet called Asgard, okay, Asgard, you know, as, you know, like, you know, guarding of the, you know, like the rectum, okay, it's blatantly homosexual, but then on the other hand, when Stan Lee started this comic book, he was drawing it with uh, Thor wearing a kilt, but he wasn't wearing any underwear. <laughs> so Thor has been freeballing the entire time in this series. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, not everything has to be uh, kind of so sci-fi in the fantasy world. I know there's a uh, sci-fi film out that's, I guess, a little closer to reality. It, it involves some time travel, I think. Uh, Source Code? Have you seen that film, Steve? Well, I'm not going to see this film, Sean, and I think the reason is obvious. It's probably the most ridiculous premise of a film that we've ever heard of, okay? It's like, you know, it's first of all, this is might be a spoiler, but uh, there was a double uh, body double for uh, Jay Gyllenhaal in this movie. It was like a, a man with no arms and legs. <laughs> okay, so that wasn't but, actually yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal we saw in this film. I'm sorry? This wasn't actually Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, no, not not at the. I'm not. I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody, but you know, from what I've heard, uh, at the end of the movie, that was a body double. That was not, in fact, uh, Jay Gyllenhaal. They didn't actually remove his arms and legs. No, they did not. And you know, and, and anyway, this movie was so ridiculous. The whole idea of the movie—it's about a guy. Okay, you know, he keeps reliving the last eight minutes of his life. You know, on a train wreck. You know, and who wants to? Nobody wants to see that. He does it like twenty times in the movie. But what I thought me and you would do, okay, you know, if we if we made this movie ourselves, okay, like a remake or you know something like that, we would have instead of Jake Gyllenhaal, okay, living reliving the last eight minutes, you know, on a train wreck, okay, if we had like a gerbil, okay, you know, reliving the last eight minutes before he was shoved up Richard Gere's smelly butthole, okay, <laughs> okay, what do you think, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, like I said, Stud, I appreciate your sensibilities, it's more trying to get over these, these people in Hollywood. That's that's right. We could make a whole, you know, a whole, you know, new genre of movies, you know, like that. You know, what do you say? That's a pretty good idea. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm down to pitch it. I'm down to stake my name behind on it. No. Great. great. Now, uh, I know it is, uh, you know, the holidays are coming up. Easter is coming up. Now, I know it's it's a big happy family, and I know one uh, big happy family we're going to hear more about is Medea's big happy family. What's your what's your take on this upcoming cinematic masterpiece, Stud? Well, this is the, another Tyler Perry movie. We're all you know pr- very appreciative of uh, Tyler Perry. He like myself, he's he's a Christian just like myself and, and yourself and and Logan, I'm sure. And who else is there uh, tonight? John Huck, my new Twitter friend. Yeah, just, John Huck. We became friends today, and I'm just so wonderful. The whole Twitter community. Yep. But, but with uh, Medea's big happy family, okay. The problem with that, he's probably never really going to make a lot of money because he just has the. African American crowd, you know, and stuff like. I think what he would, if he really wants to get, you know, crossover, you know, and become more world renowned as a filmmaker, if he would do what they did in the NBA, you know, back in the 80s, you know, and nobody was watching NBA, but they had Larry Bird and Magic Johnson came into the NBA. So if he put like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, you know, as a romantic couple, you know, like kissing, you know, hey, everybody would love to see this movie. All right. So your idea is to inject Larry Bird into Medea's big happy family, and that would win over white America, and he really could conquer the film landscape. Well, Stud, that's I, would, a, that's, I, I gotta say, I would watch a movie with Larry Bird dressed <laughs> like an old lady. I think, I think everyone, <laughs> I think he's on to something. Stud, always appreciate it. Thank you for calling into the program. Check him out on Twitter at Stud Manly. All right, Logan. Thank you, so I love you all so much. <laughs> Thank you, Stud. stud. It's Stud love underscore you. Manly. So, yeah, that's correct. Sorry, Stud <laughs> underscore Manly. All right, Logan, you want to wrap things up with a haiku? Let's do it. Librarian Pie.
Steve Lot Sean in a fart jeep. <laughs> Stigmata penis. <laughs> Always beautiful. on point. Very yeah. zen, Logan, as usual. John. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Where can people get more John Huck? I'll be at uh, Red Rock Bar on Friday night, and uh, I'm going to Big Four on Saturday, Megadeth, Metallica, Anthrax, and Slayer. <laughs> All right, so oh, if cool. you're in the pit and you see a... No, I won't be in the pit. I'll be in the beer tent. Oh, okay. Uh, if you're in the beer tent and you see a uh, tall guy with some red hair and a beard... It could be Brian Posehn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. it's either Brian Posehn or uh, possibly John. Um, yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at John, J-O-A, J-O, at John Huck, J-O-N underscore Huck, H-U-C-K. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate Thank you, buddy. it. Steve, you got anything you want to plug? <laughs> the I librarian. No <laughs> I have nothing just, to plug. It just, hey, if you're if you're a weak person roaming around, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it's Steve, a gym. <laughs> All right. Steve just wants to plug. You uh, your number. Like, if you need to be bullied, call me. I'll come by. <laughs> Steve just wants to plug the merits of physical exercise. All right, people. Hey, we got the uh, Comedy Garage screening of the film May 3rd at the Downtown Independent at 11 o'clock. Check that out. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in the Green Room. We do it live here every Thursday night, 8 o'clock on latalkradio.com. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe to the podcast. Or follow the show on Twitter, at Green Room Show.